everyone, and welcome to Minute 82 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip to the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Travis Bowe of the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Hello there. So Thanks yes, for having me back. Of course, of course. I, well, you know, I, just, I, I wanted to quickly catch that train, or actually I wanted you to catch the train. That, that's your train, right. isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. yesterday we we left uh, Dell and Neil standing on the uh, L platform, wave, and a train showed up. So minute eighty two begins with Dell shaking Neil's hand and ends with Dell standing on on his lonesome on the platform. So yesterday, that second half of the minute, basically we were talking about the fact that Dell and Neil are finally saying. Goodbye once again, somewhat reminiscing about the the fun they had together, even though both of them seem slightly uncomfortable having these discussions, but still, you know, and uh, so as we said, this minute begins with the two of them continuing to have their, you know, goodbyes once again. I, I think, you know, like people people complain about the fact that, for instance, you know, the Lord of the Rings has so many endings and stuff like that. <laughs> this movie might have even more endings than that. You know, each time that the... I counted seven goodbyes in this minute. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's just you know they're, they're... so basically then tell Del at this point Del says to to Neil, it's been great meeting you, Neil. It really has. Again, I'm sorry if I caused you any trouble. So first of all, I like the fact that they're finally starting to express their real feelings here. You know, they've, they've, they've both had issues. I mean, one of the things that I love about this movie is, is that if you look at it from a pure perspective, you can see both of these characters' perspective where they think that they're the one in the right the entire way. You know, you can see that nobody's doing anything malicious to the other one. Dell is acting as Dell all the time and Neil is acting as Neil yeah. all the time. And that's the issue here. That the two of them don't mesh. It's yeah. not it's not that either of them is doing something deliberately for the other. So to to reach a point where the two of them have both acknowledged the fact that, you know, that th- there were some bumps along the road, but they've they've smoothed out those bumps. So I you know, I, I, I like the 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 way that they do that. Yeah, because they're they're both a little bit apologetic about you know, but at the same time they're also being thankful to the other one. You know, I guess it goes with the whole theme of Thanksgiving, but you know, they're you know <laughs> it's I'm thankful that I met you and I'm sorry that if I cause you any problems, you know, that type of thing. Right. That that's more or less what, what he's saying, you know, uh, what's under you know, un- underscored in what he's saying. And then Neil responds, no, you didn't cause me any trouble. You got me home. So it's pretty funny that he's at this point saying you haven't caused me any trouble. I mean, it's been he, – he would have been home two days earlier, you know. Right. <laughs> <But> still. <laughs> Lost his wallet, his various cards, yeah, all yeah. of his belongings. Exactly. Burnt, burnt the car, you know, yeah. all these little things. But again, yeah. none of those malicious. But he's still grateful that he was able to get him home, you know, even though it was a little bit late. You know, and then Dell goes, well, only a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> I like that exchange. Just the, it's delivered yeah. well, you know, the, yeah. a little late. A and couple he goes, days. 
Yeah, but but I'm a little wiser too. And me too. Yeah. You know, they're they're both uh, happy to that they. You know, now how does Dell feel wiser? What do you think? <laughs> what has he learned? We know what we know. What Neil has learned. That, yeah, Neil has I learned. He's tolerate. learned that maybe, like maybe I I should be aware of like what I'm doing. Like maybe I shouldn't wash my leave my socks to soak in the sink or you know just sp- spill beer on the bed you know just just try not to be such a, a bull in a china shop all the time yeah i, I, I don't know i don't know if he actually would rethink it next time you know that type of thing mm. i don't know you know obviously we'll, we'll never know <laughs> yeah but still you know it it's it's nice to see that he says that that he's a little wiser about the whole thing, you know. And then uh, at this point, Dell then says, "Happy holidays, same to you." And this is the thing that really got me. And and I've seen this movie so many times, and I never noticed it till till this time. Neil is actually the one who is initiating the hug with Dell. Mm. You would think that Dell would be the one who would initiate the hug, and Neil would be trying to push away. But at this point. You know, so so Neil really has changed. Sure. You know, he I guess Dell has grown on him, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Right. You know, and 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 you can see that Dell has. It looks like he might be. He might have like a. His eyes are starting to tear up. You know, at a. At a oh yeah. Like you. Yeah. Like you. So you just did that too. That's. <laughs> <laughs> the regular show. I was scratching my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can tell it's kind of onions. There you go. <laughs> there. That could be. That good excuses. Good excuses. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh happy Thanksgiving, Neil. Okay. Give my love to the family, will ya? Same to you. Maybe I'll get a chance to meet them one day. Okay. Say hello to Marie for okay. me. I feel like I know her. <laughs> yeah. So, I love- okay. <laughs> And you have a happy Thanksgiving. I, hey, you know it. So long. I mean, it just the way that the, it's it's like neither one of them wants to. They, they both want to get in the last word. They don't want to let the other person have the last word. Yeah. Yeah. What were I you love to the say? way that Neil just says um, when uh, when Dell's uh, saying that you know maybe I get a chance to to meet the family someday, and Neil just says okay, like. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. Sort of the and say, say hello to your wife to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the uh, like I, like like I said, the the seven goodbyes that I noticed. It starts the minute starts with a handshake, and then there's a kind of a pause, or you know, and there's a happy holidays from both of them, and they hug, and then the the say hello uh, to the family and Marie, and then when he steps towards the train. Uh, there's like a wave, and yeah. Neil says "Happy Thanksgiving." Uh, there's like a thumbs up and a so long. <laughs> yeah. So and then there's like two more waves from each of them. So. Yeah. I count seriously. those as as individual uh, goodbyes. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think that that that, that Dell is quite genuine here with the way that he's trying. He, he still was trying to continue to cultivate this friendship, even though Neil keeps brushing him off throughout the movie. You know, so you yeah. know he's being polite here. As opposed to what he was doing when they were in uh, Jefferson City, when he wasn't being polite, when they were getting on the no, sorry, when they were Stubbsville, 
when when they were getting on the train where he wasn't being polite. He's like, no, 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 I don't, I'm not going to give you my my address, you know, that type of thing. But at this point, yeah. he's like, okay, you know, maybe I'll get a chance to see them. Okay, <laughs> sometime, who knows? Yeah, and maybe this maybe this scene did need uh, Neil handing him like a handwritten like, here's my address, here's my phone number, give me a call sometime, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've discussed this many times that that if this was in the days of cell phones, things would be so different. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, like Seinfeld. That, yeah, completely. Which 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 amazes me. I mean, you you probably don't know this. There 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 was actually talk of making a remake of this movie. Uh, I think about two or three years ago with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Okay, I think I I heard that. Yeah, that I, sounds I, familiar. I don't know how they would do it. I, I <laughs> you know. It, it just doesn't make sense that this type of of story would work today with the way the technology is. Right. You know that that's what I would think. But I, I guess someone had some idea. You know, hopefully we'll never see it because you know I'm 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 adamantly <laughs> no I'm adamantly against remakes, especially when you take a movie that that works so well. Why do you want to remake it? Most remakes are trying to sell themselves on name recognition that's it not because it's a good movie they want people to go see it and they'll make a little bit of money because they'll be like oh i like the original so maybe i'll like this one and you can probably count only a handful of remakes that that are so much better than than the originals you know not too many of them sure so yeah and you know as you know, then the, the whole the whole thing when when Neil says about Marie, you know, that he already he feels like he knows her. It's it's quite interesting because they they don't mention her that much in this. I mean, she's mentioned right. in passing in in a few different scenes and stuff like that. I mean, I guess when they were talking in, into the night, they they discussed it more. I mean, even in the script, it's not mentioned more. So that's very strange that that he would you know make this type of statement. But I mean, later on, we'll get, we'll get a little bit into the to the script and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the differences here. But what's, uh, I mean, I, I, I like the way that they, they, they do it though. You know, and, and you can see the shot of Dell when he mentions Marie, when, when right. he mentions Marie, you see a sadness come over his face at this point. Sure. Okay. Now, I, I guess I can ask you this at this point, you know, even though we're, we're only two days into, to, to talking about this, but since you, you told me that this was the first time you ever saw the movie, did you see this coming? I, th- I thought maybe he had walked out on his family. Like maybe he had a family and he just never was around. I think I might be thinking of like kind of comparing his character in home alone where he's like, he's always on the road. He's got a kid, but he's never Mm -hmm. there, you know, that sort of thing. So I kind of thought maybe it was a similar setup here. Uh, But yeah, you could definitely, I think tell there was enough signs, I guess that there was somebody, but it's not, someone wasn't waiting at home for Dell. Right. Okay. All right, that's fair. I mean, again, this is not something that I could remember what I thought of 35 years ago when I first saw that. So, sure. You know, but the the question also is, you know, you being someone who's seen a lot of movies, 
you know, you might have been able to, to, to catch the signs, which not necessarily, you know, you know, that, that's one of, you know, like I'll be sitting and watching movies with, with uh, my family, you know, with my wife and I'll be like, oh, that's about to happen. And that's about to happen. She'll be like, uh, how do you know that that's going to happen? I'm like, that's what always happens here. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. on the one hand, you're, you're looking for something unique where they're going to do something differently, where they're going to go, they're going to zig where they, where you think they're going to zag. But most of the time they, they stick with the, the zig and the zag at the same place because they know that's what sells. Yeah. There's, yeah, they're tropes for a reason or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. And you know, I, I, I like I like a surprise here and there. But it depends on what. Yeah. You know. Like if you're talking about a rom com, you don't want a surprise because you know, you want them to get together in the end. You know, the ones where right. they don't get together in the end, you're like, Oh that, that was a waste. <laughs> yeah. I went to go see a rom com to see people get together, not to see them, you know, in the end not not make it or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then uh, at this point, Neil gets gets on the train. We see him get on the train, and so so one of the things that we we talked about a little bit about yesterday was okay the the money. How did they pay for this? Like, so then it started making me think. Okay, how much did it cost to to get on the the train in 1987? So I I, I did a little bit of of research into this. Nice. Okay. Now, first of all, uh, it's 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 never easy to do to do research on how much things cost, even even with the internet. Yeah. You know, so I mean, originally the it was five cents to travel on the loop when it first was created at the the beginning of the the twentieth century. So you know, five cents that the today five cents doesn't go anywhere. Back then, it went a very long way. And then, you know, over the years, it, it, it was up a little bit more. You can get like a, a weekly pass for 90 cents in the, in the 1930s. And at some point, it, it reached a point where, you know, every in the, the 1950s, it would cost uh, 20 cents to, to, to take a ride on, on the, the train. And then it was raised to 25 cents. And then they added in the sixties, the whole idea of transfers where you pay another nickel for, for a transfer to, to go places, stuff like that. Then they started changing the different rates for senior citizens, different rates for, for, for students, different rates during the day, you know, matinees or, you know, movies, <laughs> movies at night and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fares went up to 30 cents and 40 cents. And in the seventies, it, it reached 45 cents with the 10 cents for extra for the transfer and stuff like that. Okay, it reminds but, me of the, the price of comic books. Like when they start out, they were uh, about 10 cents for a, for a book. Yeah. And then through the years, it was, you know, 20 cents, 25 cents, you know, now you're looking at two ninety nine, three ninety nine for a, a book, sometimes five ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's, you know, prices go up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to. So in the 80s, it actually cost 90 cents to to take the train. And if you were there during rush hour, they added a 20 cent charge. So, I mean, that's that's crazy the way they did it. And then people got upset and they, they, they changed that back. And then there was a point where the transfers jumped from being 10 cents to 25 cents. And then uh, it finally reached the point where 
in on March 27, 1986, they started selling 14-day uh, passes for $46 where you can ride, you know, as much as you want during that time and stuff like that. So, I mean, at this time, it's it's at least a uh, dollar twenty-five, something like that, you know, sure. in the, in the eighties. So I, I guess Dell did have the you know two fifty on him. Yeah. But but then again, would Neil need a transfer? I, I actually think he would. So you know he'd need another quarter for that one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he sold another pair of earrings. Could be. Could be. But I mean, later on this week, we'll see that there's actually nobody in the terminal. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be a little more difficult to sell it. You know, Thanksgiving Day, who's going to be there? So today, if you want to ride the the, you can you can actually get it for a uh, dollar dollar seventy five. You know, the cost isn't that it hasn't jumped that much in the last thirty five years, which which I found yeah. to be very interesting. You know, I saw that it was a gradual jump, stuff like that. Uh, but they they actually have surcharges if you go to O'Hare. You know the sorry the the dollar sorry the dollar seventy five was was up until to twenty eighteen in twenty eighteen it jumped to a flat fare of two fifty for every single one of their lines except the one that went to O'Hare. If you wanted to go to O'Hare, you had to pay twice as much. It was five dollars. Right. They, they they claim that it's called a premium level service because it goes to O'Hare. But if you were going to Midway, which is the other Chicago airport, it would still only cost you fifty. So what are they saying there about O'Hare and Midway? <laughs> well, I think Midway's always been the the I don't know, lesser quality airline based on the few times I've flown. Yeah, for sure. There. For sure. Yeah. I, I actually remember I flew to flew to Midway a few times because it was cheaper. Than, yeah. than going to uh, to that. So as Neil is getting on the train, you see a shot of an ad right behind Dell that it's surprisingly it says it's for Newsweek, mm. right? But the the slogan is "Stay in touch," and it has like a picture of a phone, which is which is pretty yeah. funny. You know, the two of them are here saying goodbye, you know, goodbye seven times. And you have a slogan behind them saying "Stay in touch." So I, I, I'm very curious as to whether that was a real ad or whether they actually added that ad. So, what do you know about Newsweek? Um, just yeah, I've seen it, you know, in uh, magazine racks, and I've, you know, maybe flipped through a Newsweek here or there, but yeah, nothing, no uh, uh, dense history with Newsweek. Right. Okay. Well, Newsweek was was actually started in uh, 1933 as a weekly news magazine, and it was uh, widely distributed throughout the entire 20th century. And in 1961, it was acquired by the Washington Post Company, and they actually held ownership until 2010. But between 20, uh, 20, 2008 and 2012. They were having a lot of financial difficulties, and they actually decided to move to an all-digital format at the end of 2012. But that didn't really work because people still wanted their magazines. So two years later, when they were bought up by the IBT Media, who also own International Business Times, they started it up again as a print magazine so that people would uh, 
you know, people like sitting on, I guess, on trains, on planes, or in automobiles, or in doctor's offices, <laughs> reading uh, magazines and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's 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 been around for quite a long time. I'm, I was surprised that it's almost 90 years old. You know, some of these things, when when you research them, you're just amazed at uh, the way that, that they do that. Now, most magazines use fact checkers. Newsweek does not. <laughs> okay. You know, and they were forced in 1997 to recall several hundred thousand copies of a special issue, which advised infants as young as five months old could safely feed themselves uh, <laughs> oats and chunks of raw carrot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And apparently they, they figured out later that it was a copy editor who was uh, in the process of doing two different stories at the same time and, and messed up while he was doing that. Nice. Yeah. Then, then they had uh, a, a story that ran in 2018. Again, I'm, I'm not going anywhere political with this, but it, they had a story in 2018 that, that President Trump had wrongly colored the American flag while visiting a classroom. And actually, the Snopes web, website were the ones who proved that Newsweek was wrong because that didn't really happen, you know. And you know, it's pretty interesting that they that that a news magazine this this widely distributed wouldn't use fact checkers. For this yeah. Thing. So uh, apparently, there there are a lot of the the journalists or former journalists from Newsweek who who've left because of these type of things. They they, sure. they were not happy about the fact that. Uh, there are too many inaccuracies and in stories that come out. So, yeah. So then as Neil is getting into the train, we see Dell looking into the window and, you know, he starts waving to Neil. And once again, you can see that, that he's sad to see his friend Neil go, you know, and then Neil, you see him inside the car and he's gripping yeah. the handlebar in front of him really, really tightly. You know, I, I don't know if he's trying to hold himself back from from running and giving Dell another hug, or he's just you know wants to finally get moving. And then, and then, you know, he's he, I guess he's he's relieved, obviously, to be closer to home at this point. You know, he lets out a big sigh as the you know the train starts moving, and then we get a, a shot of the train from behind, and you can see. Did you see how many tar cars are on this train? Uh, it was like three or four, maybe. There were two. Oh. And wow. the, there are only two two cars here, and there's also there's a conductor in the back. Yeah, or and a driver in the back. In the front, yeah. Driver well, I, in the front. I hope there's one in the front. We, they didn't show what? it though. <laughs> yeah, I you guess know. that makes sense. You said that this uh, it goes both go directions. Yeah, both ways. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. I never yeah, considered but, the fact that it, it. But that means that guy's pretty bored. <laughs> yeah, for half yeah. the time. You take you take a nap. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned the uh, the Newsweek and the uh, no fact checkers in the the other billboard that's kind of next to that ad is it's mostly white it has a little bit of black text and on the very top it's kind of blurry in in most of the glimpses you get in, in this minute but it says check double check <laughs> so it's just it it's probably an ad for a bank. There's definitely more text at the very bottom. It's probably the name of the company that this this very simple ad is for. But just uh, when you were talking about Newsweek, there it 
kind of made me laugh that this other ad next to it is is touting uh, that's hilarious i i double check so (laughs) they're probably probably not connected it's just a happy coincidence i think but yeah it's kind of funny oh that is great (laughs) thank you for pointing that out Mm. and then we we see dell you know standing on the platform all by himself in his lonesome a little bit you know we're, we're not really sure what he's doing where he's going and as you mentioned yesterday here, you can actually see the full billboard for the uh, for the airline, American West, the Sun Run, mm-hmm. you know, which which we uh, discussed uh, a little bit yesterday. Do you have anything else for this minute? Um, just the the relief on Neil's face, you know, just his body language when he gets uh, seated into this train, and you know it. I almost wish they hadn't shown him so relieved because it feels like he's relieved to be rid of Dell, you know, and I think at this point he should not have that instant relief maybe. And, yeah. and maybe it should be like sadness that they're parting ways and I will get there, I think, and probably in tomorrow's episode, but uh, just, you know, it, the eagerness of, of kind of being, uh, parted from Dell, I think maybe isn't the right. But is it feeling. is it the eagerness of being parted from Dell, or is it the eagerness to get home? Could be yeah. either. Yeah. You know he he but is it's just the way he he kind of like looks he kind of looks out the window as far as long as he can see Dell, and then looks you know for returns to forward position in his seat, and just it seems like oh it's finally over. You know, right. But again, maybe he's thinking, okay, I'm about to finally get home and go see my wife and my kids. Yeah, could be. Yeah, you know, it could be, could be one or the other. Um, all right. So every day, one of the things I do is I discuss the differences in the script, the original script, which is a lot longer. This minute, there isn't that much difference. The the dialogue between the two of them as they're saying goodbye is is slightly different. So it's possible that what we saw in the final cut is actually ad-libbed because in the script, basically Dell says, you're a hell of a good man, Neil. I'm sorry for all the trouble I caused you. And then Neil responds, it all, it it all came out in the wash. Don't worry about it. And then he he gets on the train and then Neil, uh, Neil goes, as he's getting on the train, he says, have a nice holiday. You too. Give my best to everybody you love. Hope someday I can meet him. And then Neil gives Dell a bear hug and runs down the, down the cars to an open door and disappears inside and Dell waves to him. And that's pretty much all they have here. And then it says, sorry, then it says Neil slides into a seat. He breathes a huge sigh of relief and says to himself, what a trip. And then it says he reaches across the aisle and snares a discarded newspaper off the seat. He opens it. The train jolts ahead. So, I mean, I like the touch that they add in the real, in the, in the, the final cut, you know, where he mentions about Marie and stuff like that, even though in the script it wasn't mentioned. I think they, they wanted to add that in there a little bit more. You know? Yeah. I mean, everyone knows that Steve Martin and John Candy were, were great ad-libbers. Or, sorry, are great. Whatever. Steve Martin is a great ad-libber, <laughs> yeah. and John Candy was a great ad-libber. <laughs> so. What, know, what are you trying to tell me? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so. Another segment that a segment that we do every day is off the beaten track, where either myself or my guest will give a little 
story about an adventure, misadventure that might have happened to one of us uh, along the way in the journey of life. So, Travis, you got a story for us? Yeah, I do. Um, so my wife, Amanda, and I, we're, uh, we were going to take a trip to uh, – it's a little, little uh, village called Nashville, Indiana. It's, uh, it's kind of just south of central Indiana. It's kind of known for its, like, art, artist colony. They've got a lot of, like, you know, little craft shops, little uh, – artisanal sort of things it's really beautiful to go down there in the uh in the fall because it's surrounded by you know trees and and hills and stuff so it's just beautiful at that time of year and everything um but we had never gone down together uh we had with our families growing up had camped there you know dozens of times um so yeah we were we were going down and uh didn't really like plan the journey. Um, we had a GPS in our car, so we weren't worried about how we're going to get there. Um, all we knew was we better, you know, plan for a long trip because, you know, we, growing up and going camping, it was always a really long, took a long time to get there. So we loaded up with snacks. We gassed up the car. Like we were prepared for this uh, really long journey. And I think it, I think we were from where we lived, uh, to, to get there. I think it was like 40 minutes. Like we hadn't even gotten into our snacks yet. Like it was, <laughs> it was over so quickly. Uh, we, we just thought this is going to be some big road trip and yeah, it was like 40 minutes later we're here. And, uh, yeah, just as kids, you know, going camping, uh, that journey just felt like it took forever. Uh, wow. And so we'd never paid attention to the fact that it was really only, you know, uh, yeah, not not very far at all. So it's just one of our 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 favorite little road trip stories. That's a great story. You know, I I, I hope that since then you've learned to actually check beforehand how long the trip is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we weren't worried about it. We kind of set out early, like we had all day to get there. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, great. Thank you for that story. So do you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Marvel Events Timeline. And over there we are looking at the history of Marvel comic books. So we started in 1939 with uh, the formation of Timely Comics, which is Marvel's uh, predecessor. So we're going through the kind of the the key moments that uh, that formed what would become Marvel Comics. And then eventually we will get to talking about you know, big events in the history of Marvel Comics. and uh, But for right now, we're just kind of getting started with some of the creators and some of the first characters, like Captain America and uh, the Human Torch and uh, things like that. So it's uh, if, you, if you're a fan of, of Marvel Comics and especially right now really old Marvel Comics, yeah, give it a, give it a listen. All right. I, I listened to it. I think it's great. So everyone, uh, that, you got my recommendation for it. Well, thank you. If that means anything. <laughs> Well, actually, if you're if you're here and you're listening to me talk every day about this movie, so obviously you 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 do basically uh, take my word on some things. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, in in another uh, week and a half, we'll we'll have the uh, his counterpart on. Brian wow. will be here. Brian will be here. So we'll we'll get the other side of that. He he gets to talk about credits in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and to find me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can go directly to my website and find me there, too. 
So until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine.